This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Welcome to Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. I'm Carmen Pate, your host for this podcast. God has given you a desire to study the Bible, but quite frankly, you don't know where to begin. What translations are best? What methods will help you glean the proper context and application? Well, our guest today will give us some practical helps in studying God's Word, the journey of a lifetime. Dr. Haywood is Vice President of Student Services and Assistant Professor of Bible Exposition at Grace School of Theology. Dr. Haywood is also the pastor and founder of God's Household of Faith in Houston, Texas. He previously served as Dean of Students at College Biblical Studies. Dr. Haywood holds a Master's of Theology from Dallas Theological Seminary and a Juris Doctor from John F. Kennedy University. He is currently working on his doctorate in ministry right here at Grace School of Theology. Well, thank you again for joining us, Dean Haywood. Thank you for having me. Well, not only do you bring a lot of knowledge and wisdom to the table, you've uh, earned a number of degrees, but your bio also tells me that you know a lot about being a student. So uh, why is it important to have the right methods and tools when you sit down to study the Word? Well, um, we want to, um, as Paul would say, rightly divide the word. So if we're going to apply the word to our lives, we want to make sure that we interpret it correctly. Mm. Um, And we don't want to miss what God is uh, saying to us as we uh, study and read his word. Yes. So having those tools to guide us will will help us succeed in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it really... um, uh, opens up your biblical understanding uh, and um, uh, and brings you to a point where you can uh, better know uh, some direction for your life and for uh, the people around you as well uh, as you uh, begin to study God's Word and utilize these tools that will help you uh, go deeper in His Word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think oftentimes in studying the Word, there are those who study it out of duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're trying to read the Bible through in a year, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they've got, a, you know, they've got their book that guides sure. them and leads them. Sure. But it's a whole different thing when you're looking to see how God would lead you personally, yes. how He would direct your day and to influence others. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, you know, I was reading some information from uh, Dr. Constable, and he shared uh, the, the idea that uh, one of his students wrote him back after he had graduated from seminary, and he uh, he confessed that his knowledge of the Bible had increased, but his love for Christ had lessened. Mm. And uh, his point was he spent so much time dutifully studying the Word of God so that he could pass an exam, but missed the devotional aspect of what it meant to study God's Word. And so, uh, yeah, we need to uh, study God's Word dutifully, but we also need to uh, have devotion in the middle of it. So when uh, I'm teaching class, I start the class out with devotion because I want people to realize that this is not 
uh, and just an academic exercise, mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity to worship in the scriptures. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that you do that because I agree with you. That is so important to have that right heart attitude. Sure before you sit down because Absolutely. we're you're in the presence of the king of kings. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. and to make it uh, that that heart of thank you. Thank you, Father. Yes. Sure. Well last week we discussed divine revelation, mm -hmm. God's self-disclosure to humanity. We learned that through general revelation seen in God's handiwork and through special revelation seen in God's written word and the incarnate word Jesus Christ, we can know God and his plan for humanity. You stress that both the incarnate word and the written word are living. Uh, how does that affect us when we sit down to study God's word? How is that going to affect our study, the fact that it is living? Well, um, it uh, affects our study because um, we can never uh, completely know everything about God. And so the more we study, the more we um, can learn and uh, come to know him in a much more personal um, uh, manner. And so, uh, again, it's our goal to um, to study the Bible as a journey of a lifetime so that we continue to uh, be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ and yes. uh, continue to know what God has for each one of our lives uh, and uh, that we fall deeper in love with him. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I would think also to be aware that the Holy Spirit is the one that's helping us to understand what we read. Oh, absolutely. Yes. First Corinthians yeah. chapter 2 reminds us uh, that um, we cannot know God's Word completely unless we have His Spirit. And so uh, when you read what Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter 2, I think that clearly comes across. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is the revealer. It's the, he's the teacher, if you will. He's the leader and the guider. He's the one one that will bring things back to our remembrance. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's very important that um, you trust Christ so that you can have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You know, from time to time, you'll see an article or a statement by an atheist who says, oh, I've read the Bible. It doesn't make sense to me. And I always stop and think, but you don't have the Holy Spirit Absolutely. to enlighten you. That Absolutely. May, of course, it wouldn't make sense. It would be foolishness to him. Absolutely. And so you should respond by saying, amen. I agree with what I you agree just said. With, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you about my Jesus. Absolutely. There you, you, right? there you go. There you go. Well, as we study the Bible, how do you suggest we incorporate prayer through our time in the Word? You know, prayer is one of those things where, you know, if you really think about the church, the um, the the session that's probably least attended is mm -hmm. the prayer meetings on Monday or Tuesday night. You know, everybody comes out on Sunday morning. I shouldn't say everybody, but, you know, that's the big crowd on Sunday mornings. Right. You have a maybe a smaller crowd on a Wednesday. But how many people do you know that say, hey, I'm going to prayer meeting? You know, and and it's prayer that takes the friction out of living. It's the oil that takes the friction out of living. Oh, I love that. Uh, and yeah. so uh, we need to um, uh, uh, use prayer first. Be we need to pray before we study because mm -hmm. we're asking God uh, to uh, reveal his truths to us. Um, the, the writer of Proverbs says, in all that getting, get an understanding. Mm -hmm. And so you're praying for understanding. And then while you're studying, you're praying. 
you're praying um, so that he can continue to uh, uh, open up uh, his uh, word to you and you can get a, an understanding of what you're seeking. And then you pray after you study that uh, now I have seen what you wanted me to see. I've understood what you wanted me to understand. Now, Lord, let me go and apply it as, um, as necessary. Mm. My husband's a, a godly man and spiritual leader in our home, and I, I, I've learned so much from him. Uh, but he, one of the things that he taught me a long time ago is that he says, I always uh, confess my sin before I study the Word sure. because I want the Holy Spirit to enlighten me. Sure. And I know that if, if, if I have sin that I've not confessed— sure. Uh, then that's going to be a, a dividing wall. It sure, uh, it sure can be. Yeah. And so, yeah, you you uh, you want to confess. You want to uh, pray to God uh, for uh, His understanding or His uh, revelation of the truths. Um, you know, as I think about prayer, Carmen, uh, I reflect back on when I was growing up. Um, and I was the baby of the family uh, for a long time. Uh -huh. And my, my uh, younger brother came and stole my spot. Uh, you know, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I forgave him. No, oh, okay. just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but but um, when I was the baby, you know, the baby has a few more privileges than everybody else. Oh, yes. And I, in the Haywood house, um, when the door, when the bedroom door was closed, you always knock. You never just open the door. Uh, and that was just an unwritten rule that uh, mom and dad had for all of us. Well, you know, I was the youngest, and I was uh, bold one day, and I thought I'd go and uh, just open up the door and slip into uh, my daddy, my daddy's bedroom, my mom and dad's bedroom. And, but what happened was when I opened the door, I saw my big six-foot-one daddy on his knees. Mm. Mm. And it was... It was at that moment that God showed me just how important prayer is. Wow. And so I learned the value and the importance of prayer because I said, if my big daddy would get down on his knees, there must be something very important about prayer. Wow. I wish more children had that opportunity today to see their dads and their moms Amen. on their Amen. knees. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Wow. Uh, you know, there, there are so many Bible translations today, and it can be confusing when you go into the Bible bookstore. I mean, Dean Haywood, there are just row aisles of Bibles. Sure. Uh, and, and it can be confusing to choose which one is going to be the most accurate. Which one can I trust? To to uh, so that I can know I can apply these truths to my life. Are there translations that you recommend or that you say stay away from? Uh, any any sure. thoughts? Sure. Yeah, some. You know, trying to find a good Bible can be a daunting task. Mm -hmm. um, but what we try to encourage people to do is first of all try to select uh, what we call a word for word translation, um, and basically just just kind of boiling it down to maybe the simplest the form is you take the word in its original language and you translate it or move it over into um, the English language. So I'll, I'll just put it to you that way. Right. And so you want a word for word translation and, um, and you want to stay away from what we call um, paraphrases. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, people are just paraphrasing the entire passage yes. of scripture as opposed to the word for word translation. And so 
you know, I have this running discussion and joke with Dr. Anderson, um, uh, and so we, we bounce back and forth between the uh, New King James and the New American Standard. And, of course, his favorite is the New King James. And yes. My favorite is the uh, New American Standard. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I um, recommend both of those. I think the Net Bible is a good uh, translation to uh, take up on. Um, but there are a number of other ones that you want to stay away from. The, the ones that, like I said, are paraphrases, Your you want to stay away from that. Um, yes. uh, and uh, some other, what I would call aberrant um, uh, translations out there as well. And so you could actually look on the box that the Bible comes in, and it will say if it's a paraphrase. It'll say, sure. so So that will be helpful, too, sure. rather than, yes, uh, that'll be helpful for our listeners, because uh, I know I have I have both at home, and I sometimes the paraphrases are interesting and in, in, in seeing, maybe they'll bring something that's very, you know, if I'm trying to communicate something to a child. Uh, I can sure. use a paraphrase to help me to better explain what the passage says. Sure. But I certainly would not use that paraphrase for my regular Bible study because sometimes uh, the interpretation is, is incorrect. It's Absolutely. been taken out of context. Absolutely. And that's why we recommend against yes. the paraphrases, but the word uh, for word translation. Oh, that's very helpful. I appreciate that. Now, some may avoid the Bible because they do find it difficult to understand. Mm. And and our hope is, of course, that we might provide some, some guidelines that will help our listeners to kind of dive in and allow the Holy Spirit sure. to, to lead them and guide sure. them. Now, you call the method that we'll discuss today the inductive method. Yes. Uh, what, is, what is meant by the term? You- uh, I use that term in the sense that uh, we allow the Bible to uh, interpret itself. We don't. Uh, we we try our best to come without any preconceived notions or uh, preconceived concepts of what is already there, and uh, just allow the Bible to speak to us and to uh, interpret itself. Um, a good example of it is uh, I was teaching this class not too long ago, and I had an English teacher in there, and I was teaching how to outline and. Um, and I was showing how when we outline a particular passage, we go from the bottom up. So you start with the body of the outline and, you know, get your Roman numerals uh, all together. And then you move to the summary statement. Uh, and that summary statement is one complete sentence, past tense, third person about what you just outlined. And then you come to the title as your last um, uh, step, because now that you've understood was it, what was in the passage— and now you've made a general statement about that passage, you know how to put a title because you understand what's there. Well, the English teacher told me, she said, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that because when, um, when we do our papers, our papers, we start with the title and then we give the general statement and then we give the body um, uh, with respect to uh, the paper that we're writing. And I said, well, the reason why you're struggling is because you start out with what you want to say, oh. and then you line up everything based on what you want to say. Well, you can't read the Bible like that no. because you'll find that you're telling the Bible what you wanted to say as mm. opposed to the Bible telling you. So I said, you have to flip that because she was using the, uh, instead of the inductive, but the deductive method. And so I said, we use the inductive where we start with nothing, no idea of what it's saying, and then work our way up till we know but what it's saying because yes. we're letting it tell us. In her method, she was telling the paper or the audience what I want to say mm-hmm. or what I want uh, you to hear. 
here, and we can't do that with respect to studying the Bible. Wow. And I'm assuming those preconceived ideas could come from the tradition of our faith. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we were raised in a particular kind of Absolutely. church. And, and so when we come to study, we assume that all we've learned is accurate. Absolutely. And, and, that, and like you say, we would put that at the top and say, okay, I'm going to find scripture that backs, backs up what I say. Sure. And, and we do that because many things of what we've learned came from good intentional people. Of course. You know, people with good intentions, you know, and we love them, we respect them, and so we took them at their word until we dive into the word ourselves and find, oh, that's just not quite right, you know. Uh, Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. I mean, I hear that all the time. Money is the root of all evil. And then you take them to the passage, oh, it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. You know, and so again, you're absolutely right. Uh, we, We just mimic what we've heard over the years. Wow, so important for us to to let the Bible speak to us. Thank you for that direction. Well, let's discuss the four foundational steps sure. of the inductive method, and we're going to keep it simple for our audience today, since we don't sure. have it. You don't even have a blackboard, uh, so. Uh, but let's begin I'm, with that. I'm feeling lost because I don't have a blackboard. I bet yet. you are. <laughs> or yes. a whiteboard, or, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but that first step is observation. So, kind of just give us a, a picture, if you will of what, what do you mean when we say we go into the Scripture and the first thing we're going to do is observe? Yeah. And what I like to say is observation is uh, seeing what's, what's in the text and making a note or a record of what we see in the text. And so we ask critical questions. And uh, I, I uh, took uh, hermeneutics and Bible study methods from Dr. Hendricks and uh, Dr. Bailey. Uh, and, uh, and so they always taught that you ask the question uh, under observation, what do I see? And so with that question, um, you begin to record or make note of uh, the observations that you see. Now, what I do is give you further um, guidance on what to look for. And Mm -hmm. so we use the four W's plus the wow. And the four W's would be the who, what, where, when, and then the last one would be wow. Okay. Okay. So let's think about that. So it's it's uh, who are, who are they speaking to? Yeah. Who's speaking yeah. to whom? Right. Who is it speaking about? You know. Who's what is the what author? is the topic or mm-hmm. what is the subject yeah. matter? What is the yeah. subject matter and the complement to that subject matter? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And the when would that be the historical? Yeah. The uh, when would be when did it take place? Uh-huh. You know. And of course, um, where. And then where where did it take place? Absolutely. These are all helpful. Yeah. And then the wow. I throw the wow in. Yeah. Um, because when you look at the who, what, where, when, sometimes it doesn't neatly fit into any one of those categories. And so um, uh, I really learned the, the wow um, from uh, a good close friend of mine. Uh, but um, they, were, they were making a statement about um, what do you call this show, uh, one of the TV shows that they decorate the house. And, uh, Extreme and, makeover. Yeah, one of those. And, <laughs> and it, they wanted the wow factor yeah. uh, in the look. And so I said, you know, that wow factor can apply with reading the scriptures because there are many things that you read in the scripture and your mm-hmm. only response is, wow. Yes. You know? And so yes. uh, that helps to kind of ferret out things that will shock your conscience mm-hmm. or things that are extraordinary, things that give you a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And so I put a wow category in there. I love it. I, I can think of my own Bible as you're speaking because I've got places where I've got it highlighted and I've got little asterisks out to the side. Yes, and yes, because yes. it, And perhaps it, going back to that being of the living word, sure. perhaps it was the Holy Spirit saying, 
wow, yeah. this is your verse today or whatever. But, uh, so, yeah, that wow factor is, is, uh, is a good one. I, I can relate to that. Well, the second step is interpretation. Uh, what is the best way to interpret, then, what we've just read? Yeah, and so, again, you're taking the uh, tools of exegesis, and exegesis simply is to draw out of the text what's already there, uh, and you're asking the question, what does it mean? Uh, and so, again, you're using um, uh, both the uh, the grammar aspect of it that we talked about earlier. Right, right. You're using that phrase that I talked about earlier, taking the plain sense of the text unless it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things to help you interpret what the passage is all about. And let's think about tools that we might use, too, in that, in that sense. Because, uh, for example, uh, maybe it's a word and I'm wondering what— well, what does it mean in the Greek, or what is the Greek word, and what are the what is the definition? Sure. So, is should we have a Greek dictionary? Should we have? Well, a you can, yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. I think yes. you, you know, uh, in the interpretation section, you yeah. need to do word studies, okay. and so it will require you to have. Um, uh, what they call a, a Greek lexicon, mm-hmm. um, or, uh, you know, nowadays you can have software tools that wow, will true. really um, cut down on the time that it takes for you to do word studies and, you know, just studies in general. Yes. Um, you know, they have tools now where you can highlight a particular word and it'll give you um, all of the uh, grammatical information and uh, the definition of the word as well. And so um, we highly, at Grace, we highly recommend a certain uh, electronic tools that students purchase uh, because uh, it really helps them in their study. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. And then uh, the third step is correlation. What is meant by that? Yeah, correlation is where you go throughout the Bible Mm -hmm. and look in other places of the Bible where this same um, concept or idea or character may show up. And so you can use like a concordance. Okay. um, Which is in the back of your Bible. Yeah. Uh You can, you know, go to the back of your Bible or you can do, again, an electronic uh, software Mm -hmm. package will help you do that. Uh, But what what you'll see is uh, how um, God uh, many times, what we call progressive revelation, where he reveals his information over time. Mm -hmm. And so let's just take, for instance, a guy like Cain. Well, you see Cain operating in Genesis chapter 4, but uh, when you go to the New Testament, the New Testament gives us more information about Cain so that it sheds light on what happened in Genesis chapter 4. And so you correlate all of these passages together to get the totality of the picture that God is giving to us. You can't just focus on Genesis 4, but you got to look at the uh, New Testament passages as well. Yes, I I, um, teach women's Bible studies, and I do one on women of the Bible. Okay. And and it's always fun to prepare because I do just that. You know, if I'm talking about Deborah, well, I'm going to find out wherever Deborah's mentioned, or I'm going to find out wherever Sarah's mentioned. And and it's fascinating when you—because oftentimes uh, we'll tell someone, you you know, to read the Bible. We'll read read the story of, of, of Sarah. And they might just read one particular place in the Bible that talks sure. about them. They miss sure. out on so much, Absolutely. don't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's yes. why we teach that correlation part mm-hmm. so that it'll encourage people, if nothing else, go look. It may not yeah. be there, but at least go look. At least go look. Oh, it makes it makes it exciting. It really yeah. is an adventure to study the Bible when you do that. You know, we uh, at our church, we changed, changed the name of Bible study to Bible Discovery. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're on a when when you learn techniques like this, you're on a quest to find information. Yeah, you're not on a quest to just read words, yeah. but you're on a quest to find information, and uh -huh. it and you can't go to sleep. You can't nod off because for some people, the Bible has become a sleeping pill. Mm -hmm. You know, you start reading, and before you know it, you dozed off or. Many of you have probably experienced a time where you read a passage of scripture and you lost your train of thought. You had to read that passage read five again. times <laughs> yeah, because, you you know, somewhere along the way you, you lost track. Well, when you take this approach, mm -hmm. you're on a quest for information and yeah. you can't fall asleep. You can't doze off. Yeah. You can't veer off track until you get answers to those yeah. questions. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking of, of parents who might be listening or I'm a grandparent. I'm thinking of my grandkids. Kids would love this. Oh, to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go find in the Bible all the places that, where you find uh, the, the story, you know, uh, talk about, it talks about Cain and, and give them a couple of little sure. simple tools and, and they could really have fun with that. Oh, and, absolutely. And they'll grasp it and retain it because of absolutely. kids. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. I mean, if you really... Uh, really start to think about the Bible. It's uh, better than any TV show you'll run across. Yes. Any is better than any soap opera that you'll experience. I mean, it's it's just a great. Um, uh, it was the Word of God. What else yes, can you say? That's right. I need not say anymore. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, the fourth step, uh, I would argue, is probably most critical to our daily living, and that is application. Sure. Uh, it seems easy to apply Scripture to other people's lives, ah, right? Sure. We'll read it, and we'll for go, sure. oh, I wish so-and-so would read that. Uh, but how do we ensure that we're hearing what God would have us to do? Yeah, and uh, again, um, uh, it, it's where you have to make sure that you've done your upfront work, you've done your observation, interpretation, and your mm -hmm. correlation, so that you know the context of this particular passage of Scripture. And you, and then as you walk, we call this walking the applicational bridge, where you move from the ancient world. Remember, I said two worlds That's earlier. Right. That's right. So you're right. moving from the ancient world to the modern world, and now you're looking at, okay, how does this apply to me? Mm -hmm. How can I incorporate this into my daily living. And so we're reminded by James is to not be just a hearer of the yes. word, but be a what? Doer also. And so even how Paul writes at the beginning of his books, he'll give you what we call doctrine. But at the end of the book, he's encouraging everybody to go apply that doctrine to your life. And so, uh, you know, my, my prof would tell us that uh, you, you've fallen short if you haven't gone on to uh, application. It's mm -hmm. important uh, that um, you you apply the scriptures to your life because that's the goal of Bible study is change lives. Of course. And to live an exchange life uh, with Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's a promise that comes with that passage in James you referenced. It says at the end, the man, the, the uh, effectual doer, this man will be blessed. Yes. And what he does, Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Lord, he, he doesn't ask us to do things for no purpose. Amen. And uh, I, I love that, uh, that promise that we'll be blessed in what we do. But, you know, the, the blessings... Uh, to me, I think, are going to be in our intimacy with the Father. Absolutely. Would you agree? Absolutely. And that's mm -hmm. more important than any other blessing that we can receive is just to be able to get close to him. Oh, yes, I believe so as well. Well, as one of our professors here at Grace... How important is it to pursue a seminary education, uh, and in particular one that emphasizes the grace doctrine? Well, I think it's very important. If you, um, you just 
teaching in general, the Bible uh, has always set up what I would call environments uh, for uh, teaching and organized, uh, orchestrated teaching. It happened in the garden when um, God uh, brought Adam and Eve forward. Uh, it was a teaching environment for them. And as you read through uh, chapter 3, well, actually, um, if you read through chapter 2, six, 15, 16, and 17, where he gives them the instructions not to eat uh, from one of those trees, but they can eat from all those other trees, those but others. just that one. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a, a moment uh, for them to not only be instructed, but also mm -hmm. to exercise their faith and trust in him, knowing that he had their best interests at heart. Well, they failed at that uh, teaching moment, yeah. and so he had to teach them some more in chapter 3 mm -hmm. uh, by uh, uh, judging them. And so you see that throughout the Bible where God has set up mm -hmm. what I would call teaching environments in uh, Deuteronomy 6.4. Uh, it's the Shema where mm -hmm. Israel is to teach their children, you That's know, right. when they walk, when they stand, when they sit, a mm -hmm. uh, variety of, of uh, areas to teach. Um, and so, you know, first thing Jesus does when he gets the disciples together, we forget that most of, uh, of the Gospels is Jesus training the disciples to do ministry uh, uh, after he leaves. That's right. right. I mean, so he, right. he spends uh -huh. all of this time. He yeah. takes them to what I call Jesus University or <laughs> Jesus Seminary. Oh, wow. You know. To have attended that one. That wow. Would be, uh, it's pretty powerful. Uh, uh, so, you know, Paul says to study thyself, to study to show thyself approved unto the Lord, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but there's so many scenarios in the Bible where it says that studying God's word is uh, so important. Important. And, 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 of course, um, uh, understanding the grace uh, of God and understanding mm -hmm. that it's our job to um, not only receive the grace, but flow that grace out to uh, other people. Absolutely. And who would benefit from a seminary degree? Yeah, I think anybody that wants to go deeper into uh, the Word of God, anybody that wants to uh, meet God at a, a, a deeper level, a different level than where they are, I think it's available for everybody. If you're a Sunday school teacher, if you are a lay leader, if you are a, a preacher, a pastor, or a congregant, um, what I'm finding uh, nowadays is many times the congregants are just as well versed as the people sitting in the pulpit, uh -huh. you know, uh, yes. or standing yes. in the pulpit. And so, um, uh, and so, you know, I say it's anybody that wants to uh, go deeper into uh, the Word of God. Mm, I, I agree totally. And I think today, you know, we know, sadly, that there are some false teachers out there. Oh, no doubt. And so it's awesome to be grounded in the Word, to Absolutely. know truth so that you know when Absolutely. you hear something that is not true and you can get set the record straight. Yeah, so, I tell the students yeah. all the time that... Um, you know, a number of people that they are listening to, mm. after a while, they won't be able to listen to them because now they'll know the uh, errant teaching that they've been listening to. Yes. And, and so, uh, so you're absolutely right. We're all responsible for, um, for what we hear and what we study and what we know and what we don't know. Well, thank you, Dean Haywood, for the time that you've given our audiences. And I've learned so much. I hope you'll come back again soon. Thank you for having me, and I'll be happy to come back. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I hope today's discussion has motivated you to go deeper into God's Word with the methods and the tools that our guest has shared. 
We do encourage you to learn more through these podcasts, but also through courses offered at Grace School of Theology. Now, if you've missed previous podcasts, they're available on our website archives for your convenience. Please invite friends and family to tune in as well. We would love it if you would help us out by taking a minute to write us a review on iTunes. It really does help us spread the word about the podcast with others. We'd also love to get your feedback about today's podcast. We've set up a couple of ways for you to communicate with us. You can email your questions or your comments to saving_grace at gsot.edu. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at SavingGraceCast. Thanks for tuning in today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash saving_grace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.